Hello, I'm Jeffrey Meshlove. Today, I'd like to address the topic, resist not evil. A famous saying, of course, in the Gospels attributed to Jesus. Now, recently, in fact, uh, in presence number 59, just two days ago, I released the video on wrestling with God. But here we see a situation in effect of God wrestling with himself, which actually is quite uh, akin to that video. As I recall, I ended it with suggesting that you might want to wrestle with the God that is you. And we see in the Old Testament the phrase, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And Jesus says, you have heard an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, resist not evil. If a man slaps you in the face, turn the other cheek. Isn't that really getting down to one of the core issues that is facing us all right now as a culture? Think about it. For example, we're so proud here in America. We talk about the greatest generation, the heroes that fought World War II and defeated the Nazis and defeated the evil Japanese who invaded and bombed Pearl Harbor and attacked us in a surprise attack. Of course, we're prone to issue uh, surprise attacks of our own now. But here's the question, which is the correct path? Think about it. Isn't it the case that since the Second World War, in many ways, we've become a bit like the people we defeated? Isn't that the reason that Jesus warned us not to resist evil, that we might become very much like the evil that we resist? In fact, uh, some of you will know, and I'm linking to it right now in the upper right of your screen, you will see a link to the recent interview with Thomas Lombardo on dark forces and the nature of evil. And uh, he makes the point that sometimes the only way to deal with evil is to wipe it out completely, as we did with the Nazis. But then, in so doing, we do become like them. We become violent. And uh, now we have a president of the United States who seems to express a great fondness for dictators. And we're in a cultural era. It seems like a peaceful time. Stephen Pinker has written a wonderful book suggesting that uh, over the course of history, times are becoming more and more peaceful. But what are we facing right now? Enormous ecological disaster caused by our own technology warming the planet, our use of carbon uh, fossil fuels warming the planet, and perhaps uh, solar activity contributing. But it seems to me that uh, between the uh, fossil fuel burning activities all over the planet, and we're nearly depleting our fossil fuel reserves, and the pollution that's caused 50,000 new chemicals put into the environment every year, 
in our water and in our air. We are changing the very environment in which we live. And what we're about to face, if you want to look into the future for the next 30 years, it's pretty obvious. We're already seeing massive dislocations of people due to the war in Syria. What about when cities like uh, Jakarta start sinking into the ocean? because of, uh, or the oceans rising up, and sometimes the land itself actually sinks, which I think is what's happening in Jakarta because the uh, water tables are being depleted. And uh, so with the sea levels rising and the <laughs> water tables being depleted and the land sinking, what we're facing certainly is going to be massive migrations of people and dislocations. I was in uh, Europe last year on, uh, on a luxury cruise ship, but when we docked at Athens, for example, you could see all along the port migrants sleeping in tiny little tents because they have no place to go. These are largely Syrian refugees, but what will be next? And there are people who suggest that the civil war in Syria causing this enormous refugee problem is a result of global warming. What will be next is pretty obvious. People are frightened. We don't necessarily want, many people, at least at a mass level, are becoming nationalistic. They don't want migrants flooding into their country, depleting the uh, social service resources of the country. So there is a tendency towards greater authoritarian, one might even say fascist governments. And at the same time, you can see in the United States, very well documented in Stephen Schwartz's excellent daily newsletter, The Schwartz Report, and I'm linking uh, to a uh, video right now with Stephen Schwartz on uh, his remote viewing of the future and his vision, talking to many remote viewers of what the future will be like. Of course, there'll be many, many positive things, but there'll be many, many challenges that we will have to face. And amongst them, ecological catastrophe, mass migration, and as a result of these things, the increase of authoritarian governments, authoritarian governments that tend to favor the wealthy elite at the expense of the masses. That's what we can look forward to in the next 30 years or so. And that means that we're all faced with this conundrum. How are we to respond in the face of evil? Should we follow the advice of Jesus and turn the other cheek? Or is it better to stand in opposition to evil. You know uh, the old uh, song, I, I was raised Jewish, but uh, where we have very little emphasis on the idea of the devil. It's more of a Christian idea, I think, borrowed largely from Zoroastrianism. But the song goes, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know. And, and there's a verse about, and I learned about the devil and I learned to hate him so. Should we hate the devil? Or should we turn the other cheek? Now, in the video on wrestling with God, I suggest that that's a good thing, that that's the essence of what I think of as true Judaism. It's not an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's not wrestling with evil. It's wrestling with good.
because just as the goodness within us can become somewhat tainted when we confront evil, the dark side within us can become somewhat enlightened by wrestling with the good. Now, it's kind of paradoxical, and uh, I don't know any way to get around that paradox. But it does have something to do with what some people refer to as a spiritual battle. Now, I don't know that I necessarily buy into the metaphysics of a spiritual battle, that there are forces of good and forces of evil battling within us to take over our soul, but it's a powerful metaphor that has captured the imagination of vast portions of humanity. It may be an inaccurate picture altogether. It may be that our very notions of good and evil are so contaminated by our culture itself that uh, they're kind of worthless. And I think you see that uh, to some extent in Mozart's great opera, The Magic Flute, where the evil characters turn out to be good, the good characters turn out to be evil. Actually, you see that in so much great literature. Nevertheless, we are at a social level, being confronted by evil all around us. And when I use the word evil in this sense, uh, perhaps uh, I should resort to what the Buddhists sometimes call, it's just ignorance, it's not really evil, it's not a malevolent force in the universe, it's only ignorance. Well, perhaps so, but uh, it's causing harm to human beings as I speak. And that harm is likely to increase. I can only think at this point that things are going to get worse before they get better. And we're all going to be confronted with these choices. Now, I don't have any easy answers to leave you with. I'm not going to say, you know, should you should turn the other cheek or you should resist evil. In fact, it may well be that uh, you do both at once. It's like cutting through the paradox, breaking the Gordian knot, the uh, impossible situation. But the question really is, where are you going to find your integrity as we confront the challenges that we will be faced with in the future? I can't offer any easy answers, but I know this. I know that if you look deep within yourself, you will find an answer for you. And I'll leave you with that thought. Thank you for being with me.